Hello, ladles and jelly spoons. This is Colonel Jeff Fox, producer of This Week with Larry Miller. I'm here to do an intro for a show again because our man Larry is still recuperating from his accident. And we're going to take some time getting him back in here. And like I've said the last two weeks, we want him back in here. Uh, you want him back in here. And he wants to be back in here. But uh, we really need to take our time with this. So I really appreciate everybody's patience. And so does Larry. And so does his family. And what I'm going to do this week is I'm going to read some more of your comments that you folks have been leaving on the virtual greeting card at LarryMillerPodcast.com. Uh, again, you guys are awesome. You're, the comments you're leaving are so funny and so sweet, and it just really makes all the difference in the world. The first comment comes from Miguel Angel Arce Valencia. He says, Larry, get well soon. Miss your podcast. Leave the moonwalking to the professionals. The next comment comes from Eric Aragon. He says, Larry, as a former employee of Ralph's who first saw you, Ralph's, doing your brilliant five levels of drinking routine, Ralph's, and then subsequently enjoying your many, Ralph's, comedic film roles and your many, Ralph's, many, Ralph's, many, Ralph's, hilarious letterman appearances, I wish you a very, Ralph's, speedy and full recovery. The next comment comes from Adam White. He says, Larry, all the best wishes from me and all of Canada. We take turns representing the country on the internet, and this is my week. Come back soon. You're missed. And on a similar note, Anders says, hey, get well soon from Norway. Yes, all of Norway. I talked to them all. And he says, P.S. We don't all smell bad, but most of us do. I don't know what that means. Bob from Minneapolis said, get well soon because that's important to me. Graham says, we're hoping nothing will hamper your speedy recovery. Did you hear me wink there? And remember, if you fell out of bed today, had a hospital to go to, and someone there who cares for you, the game's not over, but you've won. Get well soon, my friend. Scott says, like Icarus flying too close to the sun, Larry got burned trying to reach level six in a bar. Hope you fully recover, pal. The LMDS Chapel Hill Brigade misses you and is having a devil for you. And this is a perfect segue into the episode that we're going to be playing this week. This is a really good episode from late last year. Uh, Listeners often write in or ask Larry, is there such thing as a level six uh, in reference to his comedy bit, The Five Levels of Drinking? And a lot of people had postulated that level six was some incredibly higher state of drunkenness. And Larry had contended that there was no such thing as a level six. But while he was on the road, he ran into a girl in an emergency room who just woke up with a hole in her head. She had been drinking the night before and just woke up and there was a hole in her head. And I think he even asked to see it, or she showed it to him. But at any rate, he saw it, and he said, yeah, it was a hole in her head. And uh, he decided that that was level six. It didn't really have anything to do with drinking. It had to do with uh, an injury. So, uh, no, Larry was not trying to reach level six, but uh, he very well may have. And I'm going to leave you with one last comment from Stephen. He says, hi, Larry. Nothing witty to say here other than get well soon, friend. And I think that just about says it all. So thanks again for all your kind comments and the little poems and jokes that you guys have been leaving on the virtual greeting card at LarryMillerPodcast.com. Feel free to go there and sign it and leave a message. It really makes all the difference in the world. So thanks again. So until next week, uh, let's all raise a glass and toast to Larry's speedy and full recovery. And nominum quid geminis to you all. From Level 5 City in Glendale, it's This Week with Larry Miller.
Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, and everyone who's been waiting for level six. Hi, folks. Welcome back to This Week with Larry Miller. I'm Larry Miller, but in a way, aren't we all? And as always, weren't they terrific? They're always good. That, of course, is the Gregorio Pedroza Orchestra and the Emma Bickley Dancers featuring girl tenor Christy Jordan asking the musical question, Why are all the tenors boys? And that's where we're beginning. First of all, Christy Jordan wrote that in, and it was very—I thought it was very. Jeff and I always go through the the suggested questions, and they're great, by the way. That is no baloney. There are a lot of fun. You've already sent in enough really, really funny ones to keep this show going at least into January. But uh, no, they're really—they're they're very funny. I mean, January of uh, of two thousand fifty-five. But uh, Christy wrote that in, and it was something I've actually thought about talking about, and I'll tell you why. First of all, you know me enough to know, and you know this show enough to know, and Christy would feel the same way about this. She wrote in another very funny one. This is not a a, a churlish thing to say of, hey, why 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 are they all boys? It wasn't said meanly. It's a funny question, and I know that's how she meant it, and this is not like, oh, we're not trying to be like every city council say and just make everything that everyone loves. It's not being politically correct to add a girl tenor. I've always wanted to talk about the boy tenor thing, and this gives me the perfect chance to. So for this time... There was a girl tenor, Christy Jordan. As you know, we usually have a guy for the orchestra. We usually have a woman for the dancers. And in this case, this one time, there will be a girl tenor, and it is Christy Jordan. And, she, and of course, that was the musical question, why are all the tenors boys? And here's why. First of all, it cracked me up. It cracks the colonel up the same way. It cracks anyone up with the same sensibility that... A lot of times in the tradition of American comedy, especially in the 20th century, there were people who were playing boys or even kids who were obviously 57-year-old men, but it didn't matter because it was funny. One of those things, the classic to me is, and my kids know this too, we watch Abbott and Costello, as I've mentioned, the Three Stooges, and there's the classic thing of Joe Besser playing Stinky. The character on both Abbott and Costello, he played on the Stooges too, I think. But it was a great character. My kids howl at that. Where Stinky, it was a vaudevillian character. And Joe Besser was wearing what used to be called, I guess, a boy's sailor suit. So it was sort of, it was even though they were black and white, what it, I'm guessing it was navy blue shorts, a navy blue top with a little sailor front, like a bib. And then, what, a hat with a ribbon on it? It was just preposterous to think about now, but it makes perfect visual sense to you and me and even my kids watching it. It's, it's, in other words, it's timeless comedy. And you watch it and you don't say to yourself, it doesn't jar you out of it to say, but the man is obviously 58. It doesn't jar you out of it at all. In fact, it just seems to work seamlessly. It's not extra funny that he's in his 50s. It's not anything. It's just funny because it just worked. In vaudeville, as you may know, there were a lot of people who played a character. You could make a living. By the way, even the biggest stars, like Burt Lahr, who, for instance, played the cowardly lion in The Wizard of Oz. In, in those days in vaudeville, say roughly 1910, 1920, even getting into the 1930s, but it was already on the way out. And in the vaudevillian days, 
there were guys, even the stars, like Bert Lahr, had 12-minute acts they would do. So you'd come on, there'd be, say, five, six, seven, eight acts on the bill, and they'd have sometimes three, five, six shows a day, and they would start at 10 in the morning. And you'd see even the stars did 12-hour acts, and sometimes on these shows they'd have characters who worked their whole careers just being one thing. For instance... On Abbott and Costello, they used to have this on the TV show all the time, that uh, a woman would come running up suddenly, and this is uh, from vaudeville, and she'd come running up and just say to Lou, how dare you remind me of someone I hate, and crack and slap him right with her pocketbook, bam, right in the head. Now, she would do that in vaudeville and have different lines. People would come up, how dare you remind me of someone I, I hate, bam, with the bag, and just run off stage. And look, all I know is, it was funny on Abbott and Costello's TV show, so I'm sure it was hysterical in 1919 at the Orpheum Theater somewhere in Philadelphia when this woman or someone who did that character would come out and say things like that. They also had the crying guy, who was who I only know also, again, from the Abbott and Costello show. The crying guy would come out on stage and interrupt whatever stars were on stage, and he would just come on and he'd be going, I can't really I can't really And he'd never really say anything. And they'd say to him, buddy, buddy, are you all right? He'd start to point him. He became my mother. I shouldn't get this. He actually couldn't bring himself to say anything, and either he'd walk off the other way crying, or he'd say something basic like, you wouldn't understand, and then run off. Now, these things, again, you can imagine in, in, in 1920, were just hysterical. I would laugh at them today. I think you would laugh at them today. If we were watching a stage show, there's the potted plant joke that was reprised on Rowan and Martin's laughing. This is right out of the playbook of, va- of vaudeville. This is right from the middle of the book. Someone would walk out in between acts as the pretty girl was changing the card on the easel, and they would say, say now the marquee chimps, whatever it was, whatever card she was switching, a guy looking like a stagehand would cross the stage in, in front of the, uh, the whole audience holding, the first one was, a, a, a pot. A pot that plants would go in, a giant wooden half barrel, and he was struggling with it across the stage. Then, a couple of acts later, he'd walk back the other way, the same pot, but now there's a plant that started to grow out of it. And then the same thing. Every five minutes or so, he'd come back the other way, and now the plant is bigger. And then the other way, now it's bigger. Now it's bigger. It keeps going till there's a tree coming out of it. Now, again, this is, this is pretty funny stuff. So what I'm getting at is this. In those shows, number one, it used to slay me, and it still does, that there are certain types of tenors, as you may know. There's something, for instance, called an Irish tenor, which is a classic kind of tenor. It has a bell tone. It's very clear, and it's very different from, say, operatic or covered or Pavarotti-type tenors. As, As gorgeous as those guys were, there's a certain category called Irish tenor. And on the old Jack Benny show, there was a guy, some of you may know, called Dennis Day, and he was the boy tenor for the show. For some reason, they started calling them the boy tenor because they would come out as, as young men or, well, the boy tenor. And he'd come out and sing either when Irish eyes are smiling or something like that. And he had his hair parted in the middle and it slicked back and, and he was wearing a suit. And they had that great bell tone. The point is Dennis Day would always come on and say... Oh, hiya, Mr. Benny, on the radio show. He was still playing a boy, and Benny would always say to him, Oh, hello, kid. And 
they would go on with whatever the scene was. And Dennis Day was a much beloved part of the Benny family there and of all the characters playing. But the same thing. Dennis Day was, by the time American audiences got to know him, was himself 42, then 53, then 61. And it was still the same thing. Oh, hi, Mr. Benny. Oh, hello, kid. And the reason that's significant, because in a tiny way, in a tiny way, I love bringing that into my comedy today. And here's how I do it. I love being I'm on Adam's show Every week, Adam Carolla's show, and this is his network. As you know, this is Ace Broadcasting. And I love bringing in a certain type of performing that evokes those characters again. It's a tiny bit on the knuckle-headed side, but, for instance, to start each show, I love saying things like, Oh, hiya, pal. Oh, hi, Allison. Gee, you look pretty tonight. And that's exactly... And people write in sometimes say, Gee, that seems so pleasant. Gee, that seems so interesting. Gee, that seems so this... If you don't know it directly, that's my fond tip of the hat to the boy tenors and the stinkies in their play suits and their sailor suits and all the folks who played boys. Even And it's the same with guys who may be my favorite of all time. I know I've mentioned them before, even on this show, of course, Abbott and Costello. Lou Costello always played that, uh, I'm a bad boy. And, you know, that was one of their one of his characters. You know that from the Warner Brothers cartoons when they used to have characters do that, just cartoon characters. I am a bad boy. He was the one, in fact, who was poking the lion in the zoo, wasn't he? That guy. The boy who kept... And the announcer says, uh, Now, son, you'd better stop doing that. It says, don't tease the lions. And he'd go, oh, okay. And then he'd come back, and he winds up in the lion's belly after the lion's eating him. And you hear his voice coming from there say... I'm a bad boy. That's Lou Costello. Not literally Lou Costello, but it was going off of that character he was making. So that in a movie, for instance, like Buck Privates, which is a great movie, by the way. I can't recommend it enough. It's 1941. I know it's old. I know it's black and white. It's very funny. It has a lot of their vaudeville routines in it, like the dice routine. It's very funny. It's really worth watching. And at one point... In fact, it's in the dice routine. At one point, Bud is accusing Lou. Say, hey, where'd you get? You know how to play dice. You, this isn't the first time at all. No, no. And then Lou says, No, I just I walked by sort of clubhouse, and they were they were all they were throwing sugar cubes. They put dots on them, but I, I didn't know what they were doing. Oh, so they were just playing. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I, and, and and you didn't know what they were doing, did you? No, no, I didn't. Oh, well, that's okay then. So they start playing. That Bud is convinced now that Lou is just a little boy, and of course he couldn't be hustling Bud and winning all this. Money money shooting craps on a troop train. And so the point is, at a certain point, Bud and Lou were so good at this, at just putting in fast, little, rhythmic jokes. And at one point, uh, as they're saying, so, you know, you're like this. No, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I didn't even know what they were. So, of course, were you just a boy? Of course. Just, and then Lou just throws in, start next week, I'm going out with girls. And Bud says, well, I don't blame you. But, you know, it's funny that, and they th- go right on past it. It was one of the little things they used to throw in. But that's... The same thing I get to do, if you love this stuff, and I do, and you know I do, and I know you do, and if you love this, even though if you, even if you don't know it directly, to be able every week on not only my show, not only in stand-up every so often, not only in the one-man show I do, not only in acting jobs I have a chance to throw in things every so often, but to know, in fact, I've done this. I've used the word cease in Max Keeble's big move. I had a chance to take, which is from W.C. Fields. 
in his uh, movie, the circus movies, that you can't cheat an honest man, where he the, the elephant always gives him a shower, and he would just say, Queenie! The elephant's name was Queenie, and he'd say, uh, Give Queenie, which meant the elephant would uh, start to shower him with water. That was going to be a shower. And then his, he would use this word cease. He'd say, cease Queenie, cease Queen, and in that W.C. Fields way. And I had a chance in a couple of movies now, Max Keeble's big move was one, to use that word as the evil principle, cease, to, uh, to get everyone to keep quiet. This is very meaningful to me, to keep that tie, no matter how small it is, People know it's funny, and they know it has value, but they don't know exactly why. And every week, when I play that character just a tiny bit, and folks have written in, gee, it seems so sweet that uh, it's not exactly me. It's me thinking about Lou Costello, and it's me thinking about Dennis Day, and it's me thinking about Joe Besser, and it's me thinking about, well, all the boy tenors who weren't boys. So I guess that's uh, a longer way of saying to Christy and everyone who knows that was just funny, even though they had never heard the phrase boy tenors, the answer to the question, why are all the tenors boys? Well, Christy and to everyone else out there, that's why. And it's a real source of pride to me. It's a tiny, tiny thing. But sometimes in life, the greatest things are the tiny things, right? That's why we talk about martinis. That's why we did that the Million Martini March, which is still going on, by the way. I'll tell you about it later. But that's why we knew we were going to get shaves, as I told you last week, and then we were going to put suits on so we could walk into that bar like gentlemen. And that was the bar Wyatt Earp drank at, and we knew that. And we knew that's why we took those pictures, and that because we knew it's the tiny things in life. It's how something is stirred. It's how something is poured. It's knowing that this guy is an artist with drinks, this guy Manny. So you know what? It is the tiny things in life, and that's why all the tenors are boys. And by Amazon. That's right. Well, we're nothing if not smooth. I just got a big thumbs up from the colonel. (laughs) And by Amazon. That's right, Amazon.com, where, as you know, we're fond of saying you can get anything you want in the entire world except, of course, an actual Amazon. And as we, you also know, we love saying, and it's true, if you ever find a way to get an actual Amazon, please call, and we'll put our suits on again and get another shave. And we'll meet you at Musso and Frank, and we'll, uh, we'll buy a drink for the Amazon. So at any rate, as you know, you can get anything in the world you want on Amazon. And when you're going to do that, either right now or any time at all during the, next com- during the coming year, our website here is LarryMillerPodcast.com. And at LarryMillerPodcast.com, you go onto it and there'll be a little banner there that says Amazon on it. You click the banner and that'll take you right to Amazon. And then we get, oh boy, do we get dough. And it just comes in so that maybe when enough money comes in, perhaps we're hoping. Well, we won't have to spend the rest of our lives as boy tenors, for one thing. So uh, Amazon, and go to us, the LarryMillerPodcast.com, and go to Amazon. And buy Sherry's Berries. That's right. You can still get this for Christmas or anything, and most important, even Christmas next year. But Sherry's Berries has been a sponsor here. They're a sponsor on Adam's show. They're a sponsor everywhere. And 
so you know, it's funny. It feels like an old friend, like everything else. Now that you get a chance to do it more than once, and say in the next year. So this is what it is. It's giant, freshly dipped strawberries from Sherry's Berries for only nineteen ninety nine. Now they're dipped in uh, white milk and dark chocolatey topping, covered with chocolate chips, crushed almonds, and a phrase I'm going to miss when we stop doing these ads for the years: decorative swizzle. I don't know why that, well, frankly, revolts me. At any rate, they have add-ons like cookies, cheesecake, and cake pops. The perfect treat to send to family and friends. This is actually true. If you're not going to send, if you've been sending liquor long enough, and if you've been sending other things long enough or baskets of cookies long enough, this is really something. This is People will really remember this, and they'll be glad you sent it to them. So it is a perfect treat to send to family and friends, and it, it, you won't get to see people this season. You know what? Some of these over. Plus, radio listeners, and I guess that's you. I love that phrase also, because it's right out of boy tenor days. Radio listeners can double the berries for just $10 more. That's right. It just slays me, because I've always wanted to be one of those announcers who says, but wait, we're not done yet. If you call now... Or yesterday or tomorrow, by the way. But especially if you call right now, you can double the berries for just $10 more. Hurry, as it says. You don't want to miss this incredible deal. Order now. So this is the call to action. (laughs) That's Jeff's phrase that I love for listeners to access this special 1999 Sherry's Berries offer. I'm going to start first with the easy website way to order, which is berries.com. It's the plural, B-E-R-R-I-E-S.com. And or you can call on their phone number, which I'm just going to say straight without making fun of this time, 866-FRUIT-02, or and I have to say it even says here, or even better, of course it's better. It's a dumb number. It's a very ungainly, uh, awkward number. But it's how easy on the website, berries.com. And uh, click on the microphone in the top right corner and type in, by the way, Larry Miller. That's, that's easy, too. You've got to see the, these berries for yourself. Remember, this is the, it has passed the Corolla test here. As soon as these things arrive, they're gone. If you bend down to pick up a napkin, you lose. So just stay there because otherwise they'll be gone. You won't get one. Go to berries.com, type in Larry Miller, and remember to order these berries before midnight on Friday. And, of course, as you know, and as they know because they wrote it here, better yet... Order now! That's right, now! Get up! Yes, you! Don't look away! It's you! Yes, that's right. You think you're sitting in a t-shirt? You can listen to this show in a t-shirt? Get up! Order now! And now it's time for, of course... That's right! The Joke of the Week! I love doing this, by the way. Because jokes are great. Okay, ready? A tall Texan is sitting next to an elderly man from New York on a train, and he's wearing a 10-gallon hat, and the Texan at one point says to him, You know, Mr. Gold, if if I get into my car in the morning, it takes me the entire day to go across my property. And the old man smiles and looks at him and says, Oh, sure, I used to have a car like that. So you see... He thought, I love jokes like that. It's so silly. He thought he meant, he's a very nice older man, but he didn't know that the guy meant the ranch is 400 miles long. He thought it was, yes, I used to have a jalopy too. It wouldn't run. And then, oh, one year. And then uh, in the summer, it always boiled over. It used to take me an entire day to what? Go 30 feet? 
So that's the uh, that's the joke of the day. We have a thank you here to go out to Tom Kroll in Minnetonka, Minnesota. It was very nice. He wrote a great letter, and he sent a razor. I was talking about uh, going back to to safety razors. And he sent one. It's a beautiful gift. He says here, my son Eleven and I, well, he has said something very nice about the podcast and, well, the things we both share, he and I and you and I, about perspective and life and such. The reason I don't quote some of these things, by the way, is it's it would be a little immodest. If someone says something very sweet and very complimentary, I don't need to read it. You listening is just as sweet and complimentary. But in this case, you didn't send a gift, did you? No. Not, so it's not quite as sweet and complimentary as Tom Crawl from Minnetonka, Minnesota. It's really, it was really great. It, it's, it's a Merkur, which I guess is a German word for mercury. It's M-E-R-K-U-R, Merkur, and the specific model is a hefty. So was that like, uh, was that like when uh, kids used to have, they used to have a, a sizing for boys called Husky? <laughs> or so I'm told. It's, it's not as if I was ever in that section. <laughs> anyway, Tom sent the Mercur Hefty and a bunch of razor blades that are so cool. Each have different titles like Force. They're just hysterical. It's really wonderful stuff. So thank you. Thank you, Tom. And by the way, he noted also there's a site called Bull Goose, B-U-L-L-G-O-O-S-E, where you can get all sorts of things like this. But it's very sweet. It really means, as you well know, and I suppose this is the time of the year for it too, isn't it? That you're the one who gets the pleasure from giving a gift. You're the one who gets the blessing for giving a gift. It's really it's really a good thing to do. So I know that's the spirit and the heart. Tom did it in. Thanks, pal. And, uh, and now the story of level six. And I'll tell you something interesting, folks. This is something I've been asked for years. I, I, I know we've talked about this before, and I, I wrote a piece and uh, uh, I, years ago called The Five Levels of Drinking, and I've written about it, and I've done it, and I've done it on all sorts of shows, whether it's uh, The Tonight Show or, let's say, an, an HBO special, and, and uh, I, I just love it. It's, be, it's become a good... It's something of a signature piece for me. And now, by the way, in the, in the one-man show... I do, which is done for the years by year, by the way. Cocktails with Larry Miller will we'll pick up again in January. But we had a great show in Fayetteville. It's a wonderful place, by the way. It really is. This is Fayetteville, Arkansas, or what's called the whole area is called Northwest Arkansas. It's doing very well economically. They have a lot of great businesses there. And that's where the University of Arkansas is. And they're very proud of the Razorbacks there. It's a very, very nice place. And that main street, by the way, uh, I think it was, what is it, uh, Dixon? I think it's Dixon, D-I-C-K-S-O-N. And uh, they have some great bars, great restaurants, and it's a really nice place. And the reason I'm bringing this up, though, is it was on this trip to Austin, Texas, and then to Fayetteville, Arkansas, I finally learned what people have been asking me about for years, which is, what is level six? People now, uh, you know, as know, well, this is the five levels of drinking. And I used to think to myself, more than a few times, I've tried to write level six. I've sat down, I mean, as a comic and said, all right, what is level six? Is it that the next 
day you get up again and start drinking again? Is it that after saying, I swear I will never do this again as long as I live? And that is is level six that by around 6.40 that next night, you're thinking, you know what? Actually, a, 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 quick, a quick drink might make me feel better. It might just, you know, ease the edges off here. Is that level six? Is level six meaning that you get on a plane and you wind up somewhere? Rodney, Gen- Rodney Dangerfield used to have a great line that uh, he said, you know, you know, you've had too much to drink when, oh, boy, what was the exact word? Oh, he said, you wake up and there's a Spanish kid playing with your feet. Now, each of the parts of that, it's so simply said, so you're in a different country now. At any rate, I used to think, what is level six? And I think I know what it is now. This is not closing it out for good, but I think this is a good example of what level six might be, and it has nothing to do with more excess. It has nothing to do with starting to drink again. It has nothing to do with going on what used to be called a bender. Oh, it's a three-day bender. Hey, he's in the fourth day of a five-day bender. And uh, it has nothing to do with quantity. It has to do with looking back, and I'll tell you why. I was shooting something in Austin, a short, by the way, that I think may be terrific called New Soul. I'll tell you more about that if when it comes out. I think it could be terrific, and I had a lot of a lot of fun, and I needed to find a hospital, and I'll tell you why. A month ago, I had, in fact, it was when I was, uh, I did this episode of NCIS, and I was sitting in the makeup chair, and the makeup woman saw something on my forehead and said, hey, how long has that been there? It was a tiny black dot, but I had noticed it. I had noticed it for about six months, and she said, you know, I'd have someone take a look at that, and you know what? It's a great thing to do. In this case... I'm lucky, thank God, there's nothing wrong. I went to a skin doctor here in Los Angeles, and he was terrific, and he took it right out. And here's where we all get stupid. This has happened so many times to everyone. How do we get stupid? Here's how. I'm lying on the table there, and there's a doctor there with a nurse, and uh, the doctor takes the thing off my forehead, and he said, you know what, this is fine, and we'll take a look at it, but I can tell you right now it's this, it's nothing, it's fine. I said, great, glad to know that. And he saw something under my left arm on the fleshy part opposite the huge muscle on my left arm or where the huge muscle would be if there if there were a huge muscle if there were so it's on the underside of the bicep and he said uh if you want i can take that off i said what is it he said it's a small cyst but he said nothing bad is ever going to happen from it but he said if you want as long as i'm here i'll take it off now i don't know what that means by the way the writers guild insurance just pays another gillion dollars for taking that off but Regardless, I said that what most of us would say, I'm still lying there relaxing because everyone knows this, man or woman, I think especially fathers, when you're lying on a table in a doctor's office, it doesn't matter what they're taking off. That table is the most relaxing vacation you've ever had. That table right then is fantastic. That table in this guy's office was like two weeks on Tahiti for me. So I was so relaxed, I said, sure, take it off. And then he said... Well, now I'm going to put a couple of stitches in, and you'll have to have those taken out in two weeks. Now, if I had any brains at all, or you had any brains at all, that's where you put the brakes on and switch train tracks. Wait a minute. What? What? Stitch? I don't care about stitches, but you mean I have to come back here in two weeks? I would have stopped and said, wait a minute. It's not going to hurt me. That's all right. Forget about it. You just took the thing off the forehead. The forehead is fine. That's why I came in here, but the forehead's fine, right? Okay. Then let's just stay there. 
But no, he says, if you want, I'll take this off too. And I said, because I'm so smart, sure. Like the Hawaiian punch guy. Say, how about a nice Hawaiian punch? Sure. Well, it was the same thing. I got punched because he took it off. He puts a couple of stitches in. And then the nurse says to me, okay, now you have to put a, a gauze bandage on this with tape Every day, what you do is you, you can wash it in the shower, but just let water drip down. Don't get it too wet. And then you put on the uh, polypexin, what, what, polysporin that we give you. I said, how about neosporin? Because I knew we had that at home. She said, no, it has to be polysporin. And then you put that on, then you put the gauze on, then you put the tape on. And I said, how often is this? She said, every day. Really? Every day for how long? Until you have the stitches, stitches taken out. Now, this is a... a, a this is a, a, a bit of a pain to put this on, especially because it started ripping at the other skin around there, and I stopped after three days. It was, it, was, it was very annoying, but that's because, of course, I was stupid. So the point is now I have two stitches in my arm, and the two-week period goes by, and I had to put, take one kid here and do this there, and I was still in town on the day, and I'd arranged for an appointment to go down there. But life intrudes, but fine, in a wonderful way. you got to take the kids someplace. My wife had to do this, or I was working, and I, I, I've been busy recently, which is good. I mean, good busy. I'd got a couple of parts and things. That's all good, so I couldn't get down there. Then a third week goes by, and then a fourth week, which took me into Austin, Texas, for this short that I just shot before Fayetteville, and to learning what level six is. I'm on the set in Austin. And one of the guys who wrote the story, one of the guys who wrote the script, is a real hero, frankly. He's, his name is Matt. He's a surgeon and a, do, a doctor. And he was one of those guys after 9-11 who just flew up there on his own dime to New York. And he was running clinics and was really right at the blast there. And he was the one who said, in fact, who changed the protocols of masks. And he said to the firemen and to the cops, you have to change every hour. You've got to get out of there. You've got to wash your face. You've got to do this. And they didn't want to do it. And he just said, You're, you listen to me. You have to do it. And they grumbled, but they did it. And it really, one of those things that really saved a lot of lives. This, this guy's all right. And so I said to him, you know what? I hate to do this because you never want to say to someone, hey, as long as you're a doctor, take a, take a look at this. But we had had dinner the night before, and he didn't tell me this stuff, by the way. It was told about him. That's why another way you get to know who, who, why someone has real heroic qualities when they don't talk about themselves. And this was told to me about him. So I said to him on the last day on this set, I said, Matt, do me a favor. Just take a quick look at this because I, I wanted to wait till I got home here because now these stitches have been in almost a month. They were supposed to come out after two weeks. And he looked at it and he said, yeah, you should have those taken out. Uh, those are nylon stitches. You know what it was instantly. Now, here's the funny thing, the comical thing. What I was hoping he'd say was, since he's a big deal surgeon, what I was hoping he'd say, they're just stitches. I'm not a tough guy, but I'm not a baby. I was hoping he'd say, oh, yeah, come here a second. And just throw some whiskey on it and bite it off. You know what I mean? Or just take like a – anybody have a scissors? Hey, give me that thing. You know, garden shears, whatever it is. I'm hoping he would just say, oh, here, look, tink, bang, boom, pull it right out, and then I'm done. But he said, well, you know what? I'll set you up at a local hospital here, and you'll go there, and then they'll know, and you call in on the computer. You set the, and, I, and I was really a little disappointed. I was hoping he'd say, just come here. I'll do it. But so I set this up. The producer, Andrew, who's a great guy, took me the next day on our way to the airport to go to Fayetteville. And we went to the emergency room, 
and everything worked out just fine. It turned out they fell out unbelievably. By the way, I'll have to wait and see. I hope there's nothing. It doesn't feel like there's anything in there, but they fell out. They were there the day before when I asked Matt. And the day after, the doctor, and we posted these pictures, nice people, the doctors and the nurses there in the ER, and they took a look at it and they said, look, we can't see it, and everything looks fine. And here's the other thing that happened that day, and this is what level six is. I think for now, this is going to be what level six is, and I've been thinking about it and wondering about it a long time. I think this may be what it is. Three 20-year-olds walked in. Kelly, Jose, and Sarah Palin. Now, I think, that, by the way, that was the first try at naming the song Abraham, Martin, and John. I think that was the first, uh, the Mom's Mabley song. But Kelly, Jose, there are three kids, two young women and one young man. And the third one, by the way, is named, her name was Sarah, and her name is Sarah Palin, by the way. And the reason they were laughing at that, and they always introduce her as Sarah Palin, obviously, because Sarah Palin is so well-known, and she was, in fact... Invited on to a show, whether it's the Today Show or something, they taped something with her of what's it like now to go through life as with the, with the name that everyone knows so well. So this is Kelly, Jose, and Sarah Palin. And Kelly, and they're all 20 or 21. And Kelly, who's a very slender, pretty young woman, and she has a bandage around her head that she put on, that they, the friends, put on. Because you see... Jose, the night before, had finished all his credits. They were all students at the University of Texas in Austin. Jose had finished all his work, had finished all his credits. So the three of them, the three pals, decide they're going to drink. They're going to drink either there, they're going to go out to drink, they're going to come back to drink, and they're going to tie one on. Now, here's where level six starts to come in. Because Jose said to me, Well, I'll tell you what, the night was actually short for me because he said, I drank so much, I was out cold. He passed out, but somewhere around 8.30 or 9. And I thought back, I looked at Andrew, I was thinking back to my college days thinking, wow, did I ever do that? How much do you have to drink to go out? Because he remembered nothing. Now, that's the other thing. It was was a real, I remember nothing. But to do that by 9 o'clock, where you start at 6, how much and how fast... Do you have to drink to be out by nine? But that's nothing. Here's the blue ribbon winner. Kelly had this bandage on her head. She called her friends that morning, two hours before Andrew and I got to the same emergency room, and she said, hey, guys, would you do me a favor and come over and help me out here? There's a hole in my head. Now, what does that mean? It means there's a hole in her head. Now, what exactly does it mean is she woke up and there was a hole in her head and Jose and Sarah Palin were laughing about it saying, oh, yeah, it's a real hole, that it was a quarter-sized hole of skin that was out and they said, you could see her skull. Now, what this means is, number one, Andrew started to get a little green around the gills. I'm not a tough guy, but this didn't particularly bother me, but I said, when... A hole in her head? Yes. So we put some cotton on it and then wrapped it up and came here. Now, number one, the three of them seemed as spry and chipper as you or I might be at high noon on any given workday on a Tuesday. They not only didn't look hungover, they didn't look drunk, they didn't look anything. They looked like three 20-year-olds, which is a tribute, of course, to the physical strength of being 20-year-olds. But I looked at Kelly and I said, well, how did you get the hole in your head? 
And she said immediately and with a big smile, I don't know. And I said, I looked at Andrew. It was one of those takes. He looks at me. I look at him. We look back at her and say, I'm sorry. Uh, a truck must have just backfired in the emergency room parking lot. And I, I'm sure I didn't hear that correctly. I, I asked you, how did you get the hole in your head? And, and what was your answer again? And she said, I don't know. Now, I think, folks, that may be level six. If you wind up with a hole in your head or anywhere else from the night before and you actually don't even have the vaguest memory, not even a wisp of a thought of, oh, we went here, oh, we decided to climb over a fence, oh, we climbed a tree, oh, we did something in a car, oh, we had an accident, oh, I was reaching for something on a shelf, I have a vague memory. Wouldn't you have a vague memory? There have been times, as you know, when we've all seen God's flashlight, when it's level five, and you, well, you do. You see God's flashlight and you're up late. Well, that's fine. There are times that happens. But I always, and there are times when you have to, this is horrifying, by the way. This is a good reason to quit drinking. That's something I bet you all know. There are times when you've called friends the next day and said, hi, how you doing? And then you both laugh, and then it takes a minute or so before you you finally have to ask, okay, was I all right last night? So did I, did I do anything embarrassing last night? No, you were fine. Oh, good, because I thought for a second... I, I, I might have been horrible. But there are times when that happens, but you still have memory of the general places and events that occurred. And I thought for a second, first of all, I just smiled at them. They were such nice kids. And again, a tribute to what it means to be that strong at 20 years old, to look just as right as rain, as if they had just napped for 12 hours after not having had a drink for a month. They look perfect. They looked like they had just uh, run marathons, taken a shower, and were there with a big smile, ready to have a salad. And that hole in her head, though, I left them in the emergency room car. They were in one room, and she was on a, one of the cots with her legs swinging, and they were on the, off on the side, and they were, they were just chatting about something. And she said, yeah, okay, Ma. And then, then I walked by, and she said, oh, I just called my mom and told her. I said, what did you tell her? She said, well, I told her I have a hole in my head. And what did your mom say? And her mom apparently just said, well, you must have been out last night. Now, that's another thing. I don't know whether it's cultural, but I don't, I don't think my parents would have said that. They would have said, hold on, we'll be right over. Before they hung up the phone, before I hung up the phone, they would actually be standing behind me. But I thought to myself on the flight to Fayetteville and to that terrific job at the Walton Arts Center and then on the way home, coming back and starting to gear down for the rest of the year, I thought, you know what? That just might be level six. It might not be an extra day of drinking. It might not be an extra week of drinking. It might not be an extra hour of drinking. It might not be where you go to an open a bar at 6.30 in the morning, which I've done once or twice. I'm sure you have too. You have one sip of one drink and you say, oh, this is nuts. Time to go. It's not excess. It's not more. It's that something happened that just (laughs) isn't quite right. And it's not rational and it's not explainable and it's and it's not conventional something like oh you know being a beautiful 20 year old girl and having a hole in your head that came in your head and you don't know how so i thought who knows send something in by the way we might talk about that as well but for now it doesn't mean that level six is unchangeable or immutable but for now 
after all these years of having written the five levels of drinking and still loving to perform it and still doing it as an encore sometimes and still using it, now I think maybe I know what level six is and, well, you do too. I hope you have a great Christmas coming up and a great Hanukkah, whatever you're celebrating. The show's website is LarryMillerPodcast.com. Check out our show's Facebook page on Facebook.com slash LarryMillerPodcast. You can tell I'm just reading this all now, right? You can tell. A Martian could land and know, well, he's just reading now. He's not, he's not telling a story anymore. He's not performing. He's not using any skills he's developed. The show's podcast is LarryMillerPodcast.com. The show's website, check out the Facebook. My website is LarryMillerHumor.com. Follow me on Twitter at Larry J. Miller. And as always, as we're fond of saying, just go to LarryMillerPodcast.com because all roads lead to Rome, which is lucky because, as you also know, Homer is Homer, and Pluto is a planet. So, folks, until the next time, as always, remember... If you walked out of bed today and had a job to go to and a home to come back to and someone there who cares about you, folks, the game's over and you've won. And that is still the truest thing I know. Don't get any holes in your head, and we'll see you here next time. <laughs> That's hysterical. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> As always, it's it's nice to live in my head where that's just such a surprise that you could get that. It's just astonishing to me. Holy mackerel, he got it. It's nice to have that.